Hey everyone, it's Taylor and Brendan from Blue and Gold Make Darlene. They tell you about the Hockey Podcast Network. Goddamn right we are. You know, there's an entire network. It's not just Blue and Gold Make Darlene. There's 31 podcasts, one for every NHL team. From terrible, horrible teams like the Boston Bruins to some of the best teams in the league like the Buffalo Sabres. Absolutely. And with that being said, if it's a terrible team or if it's a great team, no matter what, you are able to get two episodes a week from all of the hosts. New episodes come out every Monday and Thursday with new content covering everything from the latest that's going on with everyone's respective teams all the way through to doing more fun things like the many trivia games that Taylor and I have on our show. That's right. Hot content, hot takes, hot hosts. Hot hosts. You got it everywhere. Uh, and you you can find them pretty much anywhere you find your podcast. Apple, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Spotify. Stitcher, if you're one of those weirdos like me that uses Stitcher. You use even, Stitcher? I do. Strange. I think I'm the only one who does. Okay. And even at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com if you're looking for some more info. There's a whole website that's that you right. could go check hey, out. Maybe it's getting to that point of the season where you're getting sick of the Sabres. I know some of us are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this again. West Coast uh, trip is about to be tough. Maybe you want to check in on some of your other favorite teams if you're one of those kind of guys. Absolutely. Well, they're all available and they're all easy to find. Gosh darn right. So be sure to check out the Hockey Podcast Network once again at their website at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. And be sure to follow on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Blue and Gold Make Darlene. As always, I'm Brendan. I'm Taylor. And we are coming to you with what will be our second last regular episode, at least of the year, right, Taylor? Um, you know, as That's we're right, approaching yeah. June now uh, and trying to figure out, you know, well, as we're getting more into June when the playoffs are going to be starting and everything, of course, the Sabres won't be a part of that. Um, but we are going to scale back our episodes a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's kind of a network-wide thing, but it's uh, we might still be doing some Monday shows. It'll depend. We'll, we'll, we will be doing some of them. It won't be every week, and we'll pretty much only be on here when we have stuff to talk about. But we'll be back next week, you know, for a regular show. And yeah, so I don't know. There's a lot, a lot still to happen. The draft, the playoffs. So free agency will have to happen at some point. So we'll be on to talk about all the important stuff. So don't worry about that. Maybe a oh, new yeah. GM. Oh God, I say. hope so. God, I hope so, but I don't think it's likely. But speaking of which, we thought that with the pretty much pretty solid recent announcement that uh, the NHL season is going to be coming back and doing a 2014 playoff, um, it's pretty much all but confirmed at this point. I think it's just more of like the logistics have to get hammered out. But we thought that, uh, you know, since the Sabre season is officially over, we would play some GM ourselves. Yes, yes. Uh, I think it's important to note that Pretty much all the scenarios left for the playoffs will not include the Sabres, as they shouldn't. <laughs> True. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we're looking at being the 25th team out of uh, a 2014 playoff system. So that's something. Which so begs let's the question. Get, uh, how, how, what would we do if we were Jason Botro? A lot of things differently than what he has. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so what we'll do, we're going to go through pretty much player by player on the Sabres roster – um, you know, we have a, a lot of guys who are uh, – their contracts are up and they're going to be looking for new contracts, both of the UFA and RFA variety. Um, you know, we have a handful of guys who are still under contract as well. And 
So we're going to kind of just go through and, you know, play GM as to what we would do uh, moving forward as, you know, the offseason approaches. So, Taylor, um, first one we're going to start off with. This might be a little bit of a tough one, but Jack Eichel. We have him for seven more years uh, until he's a UFA, $10 million a year. I mean, is it worth it to keep him around? God, I don't know. It's really it's tough to say. I'm going to have to lean towards let's, let's keep him around. Right. <laughs> it demands a trade. But, you know, your mileage may vary. <laughs> well, then let's talk after him then. I mean, that's a pretty easy one. We'll, we'll get through all the guys with contracts first, and then we'll, uh, we'll look at some of our, our UFAs and RFAs. Next up, uh, Jeff Skinner. Coming off of a pretty down season after what was a solid first season with the Sabres. Um, got his big $9 million contract. I think both of us still remain in agreement that that was a move that you have to make. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking at him, where do you see his status on the team moving forward? I mean, there's no way around it. <laughs> He's a saver for a while. Fair. So I, he paid him all that money. Hopefully things get better, but you know, it's not, I don't think you'd want to look into trading him and I don't think he has all that tradable of a contract to start with. So yeah, he's back. To be honest, for me with Skinner, maybe, I mean, you could call it wishful thinking, but to me it just seems like last season was, you know, a bit of an outlier as compared to what he actually is as a player. Um, You know, a lot of breaks didn't go his way. And, you know, he didn't play with exactly the most premier high-quality centers. Of course, when you're getting paid that much money, you got to do some production, you know, some finishing on your own. But that was the thing is that he was creating chances when he was out there. He just – it, it sucks to say, but he just was getting unlucky. Yeah, he had a bad, uh, bad shooting percentage after his, uh, I think, I think career high the year before. Right. So, right. hopefully, he lands somewhere in the middle next year. Yeah, I expect. I mean, that's the thing is obviously that was a nightmare scenario for him to kind of fall off the map as he did. But I, I feel confident that he will score thirty goals next year. You can mark me down as one of my, my early predictions. I, I feel good about him putting up. 30 goals, uh, you know, in the, in the 2020, 2021 season. Uh, so next up, this is where things can get a little bit interesting when we're talking about uh, the highest paid forwards on the team. Uh, Kyle Opozo is next. Um, so after this season is over with, we'll have him for three more years uh, for a $6 million cap hit. Um, Opozo really fit into a, a really solid fourth line role last season, this past season. However, the problem is that you are not going to pay a fourth liner $6 million. Um, I mean, I think it's fair to say that that of course was a pretty terrible free agent signing, um, big time overpay. Obviously there's a lot that's involved with that too, with Opozo's health and everything. But to me, as valuable as a guy like Opozo is uh, in terms of the locker room and also on like the penalty kill and everything uh, and his physicality, he's a guy that if you have an opportunity to, I think you would maybe consider buying out just considering that $6 million for three more years when you're going to have a lot of guys who are going to need to get paid coming up. Yeah, honestly, for all these things, I'd actually, I need to see that like the dead cap number, or you know, like what you're basically paying a guy to not play for you, or before I would try that. But yeah, I think Oposo stays too. Honestly, I just it's really it's hard to buy them out, and I think it's important to recognize here that the Pagulas are you know, at the helm. Yeah, not, well, no, they're not doing well financially, especially with the regards to the Sabers. Oh, that's so. Yeah. 
Well, that's I what think, I mean. They're at the helm and they're cheap, and we all know how they are. And you know, yeah, I, I don't think they're, they're going to do well financially. Plays into they, them. They did at one point love paying people to not work for them anymore, but I don't know if they're going to be willing to do that, especially since Oposo's respected. People, you know, people like him in the locker room, and he does have a role, even if it's he's overpaid for that role. So I think you're going to more or less stuck with him for those last three years as well, or at least this upcoming season. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's just a tough situation because, like you said, like he does have value, and he is a guy that I would love if we can have him. But if his salary was maybe, you know, if we were paying him a couple million a year, it would feel a lot better as compared to six million a year. But yeah. either way, um, so moving down, then really the the last uh, permanent forward who is under contract next season is Marcus Johansson, who has one year remaining on his deal. Um, Again, he's a guy who really had a bit of an up-and-down year last year. We talked about him at length this season. Um, you and I both were very high on him early on in the year, and rightfully so. He seemed to be able to fill that second-line center role, um, and you know he seemed to click with Jeff Skinner really from the start. And then I think we, we kind of learned that he was really playing out of position as he went under a bit of a slump. But then once he was played at wing again, he turned things around. So where do you feel as though things stand with Marcus Johansson on the team with one year left on his contract? That'll probably be the only year. I assume he'll be gone after that. He'll be a UFA. And I, I don't think they'll resign him then. But yeah, I think he's back like much of like these other guys. There's not much they can do with him. Uh, it's not clear that you'd want to even get rid of him. I think, like you said, he was playing out of position. Uh, for a lot of the year, he wasn't spectacular. In fact, he was pretty disappointing for the second half of the year. But I think you you, you pretty much – you don't have to bring him back, but I think they're going to bring him back. And I think there could be some value to him. I mean, again, if you can get him on the wing and you're playing him on your third line, ideally, you know, you don't want him yeah. playing in a toxic role. But if he's your third line left winger, that's pretty solid. Yes. All right, so let's stick with the forwards uh, and, and get into some of our, our expiring UFAs and RFAs. Uh, and I think we should probably, we can start with the one that is the, the most important of, of anybody whose contract is up at the end of this season, and that's Sam Reinhardt. Um, he received a bridge deal, two-year, 300, or 3.650 uh, annual cap hit, and he is now up. He has had, uh, you know, pretty much back-to-back really strong seasons where he's kind of asserted himself as a legitimate top six uh, threat. And I think he's definitely, while maybe not all the way up to the level of a second overall pick, he's definitely um, done his part for trying to, I guess, play up to his draft status. I personally think, and I think we're probably in agreement on this, you know, you got to retain good forwards. we really, for whatever reason, didn't get a chance to see him drive his own line this past year when we were kind of told all last offseason that that was going to be the case. Um, him, and, him and Jack were together with, the, the, with Olofsson, which formed a great top line, but you, know, you maybe wanted to see him be on his own a bit. But to me, uh, when it comes to Sam Reinhardt, I mean, I think at this point with him being 24 years old, if they could sign him to a six- or seven-year deal, I would feel really solid with that. Um, it's just going to come down to, I guess, really what his you know annual cap hit will be on this long-term extension. What are your thoughts? I agree, and I think I, I'm almost like 100% sure they have to sign him. I honestly think because of his skill set, because they haven't won, because you know a million things. He doesn't. He puts up decent numbers, but he doesn't blow you away with his production. He'll probably end up 
I think, being more of a bargain than he probably should be. But also, they could have had him for a lot cheaper if they would have locked him up two off-seasons ago. Right, exactly. Of course, nothing you can do now. But, yeah, I think I, I long-term extension for him, 100%. That's not even something I'd really even have to think about. Just 100% in. And I'm, you, know, you don't pay him, like, just anything, obviously. But if it was, like, 7 by 7 sure. If you, do, if you can get 7 by 7 with him, I don't even think you think twice about it. Yeah. Even if it's 7 by 8 Yeah, you live with it. Yeah. I agree. Um, all right. So then let's, I I think we're both in agreement there and hopefully we'll get some news with Reinhardt and that'll be early on. I mean, I know, you know, last time around with his contract, it, it, it dragged a little bit into the summer and into the start of the season. And so hopefully that this this is something that Botterill can get locked down really quickly. Um, keeping with RFAs, uh, our in-season acquisition this year uh, as part of the Rodriguez and Shiri trade, Dominic Cahoon. Uh, he's an RFA. He's 24 years old. Um, came over, uh, again, in that trade from Pittsburgh. And I thought, for the most part, he looked well. I think that he's somebody that you're going to be able to keep relatively easily and pretty low cost. Uh, what are your general thoughts on Cahoon? Yeah, we didn't get to see too much of him, so I don't have too many thoughts. But, yeah, it's someone I'd like to, bring, I'd like to see them bring back uh, on a cheap deal, 100%. And I know right now we've basically said that about everyone, but hold on, we're going to get to it. We're going to get to the uh, the no soon. But yeah, Cahoon, like maybe like one year, two year deal, just see what it, you know because they kind of got screwed by this in terms of it. Like they knew Wayne Simmons, like forget it. Wayne Simmons isn't like kind of hopefully Jesus. Right. We're not sending Wayne Wayne Simmons long term, but like this this is a guy they wanted to get a look at, and they got like five games basically. Mm-hmm. So. Short term, low money, I do it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, agreed. Well, then let's talk about a guy who probably deserves a little bit more of a raise. And I think it's a bit of a wild card here in all this, but that's Victor Olofsson. Incredible rookie year. Of course, he was a 24-year-old rookie, and he has had some pro experience. But riding shotgun with Jack Eichel this season, he exceeded all expectations. That I, I think those expectations were very high anyways in the first place, and I think you know, it would have been really interesting and I think exciting to see how he would have done with a full season under his belt. Um, but, I mean, you have one year of NHL experience, one year of AHL experience. But like I said before, he has professional experience, though, playing in Sweden in the SHL. And so, you know, I think the guy who we saw this past season is pretty much what you're going to get. And, what he provides to the Sabres is something that has been the single greatest need that the team has had this entire playoff drought, which is just goal scoring. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a no brainer to keep him. I think that, you know, you can't just like dive in all like go all in here, but I think if you can get him for somewhere in the area of like five years, um, four or five years, I would feel really, really happy with that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, he'll, he'll cost a little bit cause you know, goals cost money, but it's it's one of the only things that's really gone well. It's the only right, non-first right. round picks that's worked out. So, yeah, you pay Olsen. Hopefully, he keeps working with Eichel, and you know they're as good together as they were this year. Right, definitely. So then, that really, uh, we're getting through a lot of like the guys who are pretty solidly on the team and will be on the team next year. So now let's into the forwards. We'll start to switch things up a little bit. Um, another younger guy, RFA status. And he poses a bit of an interesting uh, threat to some of the guys on this roster because he really 
was a bit of a pleasant surprise this year in that he filled in really nicely with the bottom six, and that's Curtis Lazar. Um, I mean, I think at this point you're going to get him for relatively cheap. I really like what he brought, liked what he brought to the table this past season. I think that he filled in very, very well on the fourth line. And if, you know, your fourth line next season in a perfect world is something to the effect of like Lazar, Rasmus Asplund and Kyle Opozo, I would feel pretty comfortable with that. Um, you know, that's assuming, of course, a couple of the guys who are who have been mainstays on the fourth line will be gone. But just generally, where are you at with Lazar? Um, I thought he was fine. Like we've said this a million times, yeah. but they have a ton of fine fourth liners. I'm not obsessed with bringing him back. It doesn't particularly matter to me, but I would say if you're going to get him, get, you get him on a two way. Yeah, exactly. But there's other Curtis Lazars out there in the world. I don't hate the idea of it. I think as far as two way guys go, that was, he's, he's pretty good. Yeah. So. So then let's get into some of uh, some of the guys who we may be be cutting ties with. Uh, and let's start with another in-season acquisition that completely exploded and was horrible for Jason Botterill. Terrible move all the way around. Um, Michael Frolik. Of course, we get him from the draft pick uh, that we ended up getting from Marco Scandella, but then Scandella ends up getting flopped, uh, flipped for a second and a fourth after we get him for a third. And then Frolik comes over and... Uh, I think I could speak for all Sabres fans when I say I would have rather kept the third round pick. Yep. Yeah. Dump him. Not good. Gone. All right. He's easy. All right. Uh, Jimmy VC. No. Get rid of him. Tell me why. A couple things. First of all, I don't think he wants to sign here, so I don't think it's even really a question. Uh, second, I thought he he's a guy that kind of can score goals. Not really. I mean, his career high is like 18 maybe. But and he did not score at all this year. And when he's not scoring, he is useless. Right. Um, so I don't really want a part of him at all. I don't even know. I don't really know what his role is on a team. Um, so I don't know. See ya. See you, Jimmy. Goodbye. All right. Uh, let's get into these guys. Kind of go hand in hand with each other. But Zemgis Gergensen's and Johan Larson. Uh, both of them now UFAs uh, were both not making a whole lot of money this past season getting paid. Uh, Larson was 1.55 mil and Gergensen's was 1.6. Um, I mean, I think both of them had nice years, you know, playing in the fourth line. I think that, um, you know, the two of them paired with Opozo or with Opozo made, uh, you know, we talked about the log line all season. We know. But at the end of the day, these are guys who have been here through the lowest of lows with this team. Um, to me, I feel like while I, I would between the two of them, I would rather have Larson, and I would be pretty happy if they brought back Larson. As far as Gergensons go, I think you're at a crossroads here, and you know, is there is he like? Could you get like a replacement level player to to get you know in return for him? Is Lazar that you know? Is that going to be yeah. Asplund's role next year? Um, so to me, I mean, I, I would be fine with them bringing back Larson. Uh, I think he's versatile. I think Gergensen's, you know, has, his time has kind of been played out here. Where, where do you stand with the two of them? Uh, Larson, I a hundred percent bring back, uh, he is short term, maybe two or three years. Gergensen's, I think you can, you can let walk. Um, you know what he is. He's played entirely too many games for this franchise and he's not old, obviously he's like 26, I want to say. So right. it's just that you can probably – you should be aiming higher even for your fourth-line guys. 
So I'm 100% fine with letting him walk. But Larson, though, I think Larson, uh, shout out to our uh, frequent guest, uh, Kevin, at Entrider, uh, or Knight Rider, whatever it is. Whatever you uh, He's the number one Johan Larson stand, and I think he's presented a pretty compelling statistical case that Larson should be playing the Skinner as a center, which I think is interesting. I think Larson's skill set is, I don't want to say fascinating, it's, that's not the right word, but it's, it's diverse. Yeah. And I think he, he'll be able to, he, he can play in a variety of lines. He doesn't really score, he doesn't really get scoring touch, but he's a good passer. He's incredible in his own zone. And his possession numbers are outstanding. So I, he's someone I want a part of in the future. Gergensen's that. Eh. Take it or leave it. Yeah. yeah. I think we're pretty, pretty solidly in agreement there. So then let's move on to, uh, let's move on to the defense here. Uh, again, you have a couple of guys who are RFAs, but mostly uh, a couple of RFAs that are, are pretty interesting. But I think what's more important about the defense and we can get to this uh, is what you have coming up at, you know, what you're available to actually make a move on this off season, which is the extensions for Rasmus Dahlin and Henry Yuki Haru. But before we get to that, let's go, let's start off with the guys whose contracts are up. Uh, and first off a guy who's been pretty divisive among Sabres Twitter, uh, Lawrence pilot. Yeah. Uh, pilot I think is good. And he, for whatever reason is not getting enough chances in Buffalo over the past couple of years. Uh, I want, I want to bring him back. I don't even know if it has to be on a two way. I would pro- I'd prefer to see him in the NHL. I mean, I guess you can get a two way, do it, but, but yeah, I, I'm interested in bringing Isla back for another year. I'm into that as well. But the thing is, is that you have to be able to, to trim some of the fat, but before, and this might be a guy who would be a part of that, but the other RFA on the blue line who we have up this year is Brandon Montour. Uh, I mean, he's a tough case. You know, he came over from the trade with Anaheim where we sent Brendan Gooley and a first round draft pick. Um, seem, I mean, it's tough when you watch him because you could tell he has the talent. You could tell how good of a skater he is. Um, he seems to have pretty good vision. He plays with a little bit of a bite to his game, but for whatever reason, he's just not really been able to fit in with what Ralph Kruger is trying to do. He kind of seemed like the kind of defenseman that you really needed under Phil Housley's system. And Housley was seemingly using him the way that he should have, but Kruger, um, which again, this is kind of like a reoccurring thing with Kruger with using guys incorrectly on the blue line. But, um, you know, for me, at least just to start off with Montour, I know a lot of people are a little bit more ready to give up on him yet. And I think a lot of that is because of the price tag, but if you're able to, um, keep him around and, and keep his average annual low for maybe like a three-year deal or something like that. And you can keep it, you know, I, I mean, I, you know, if you could keep it below four, I think as like a worst case scenario, that's something that I would maybe be interested in entertaining if you did like a two-year deal or something like that. What do you think, Taylor? I'm one of those guys that uh, has given up on him. Mm-hmm. I think cut your losses here. I don't think he's good. I think he's a classic case of a guy, a defenseman getting overpaid. I can 100% see that with him. And I really don't want a world where there's a $10 million Ristolainen and Montour pairing opening every game in the 2021 Sabre season. So I, I'm not really interested in bringing him back. And I know he'll cost money. So yeah, somewhere else. Get the, get, you know, like I, I'm just, I just, I don't really see it. I mean, I'm sure they're going to tender him. Like they, they, they can't, Bacho can't not do it now because he, like you said, traded a first round pick for him, yeah. but I would 
That's fair. And I guess that's the thing is like, for me, the whole, you know, as I alluded to before stipulation for retaining him is if you can get him at like a really good price, but that is going to be the problem at the end of the day is if, you know, he wants like a four year deal for like 4.5 or 5 million a year, then you, there's no way there, you, you just right. can't put yourself in that situation. You already have wrist aligning in that kind of a deal. And clearly there's not enough of a willingness there to make a move, but what about wrist aligning? Let's, let's go into uh, our defenseman under contract here. I mean, I think we're probably both in agreement here, like trade him already. Yes. Yep. Trade him. <laughs> trade him. And you like, well, that's the thing, too. You know, you got to see if you can actually do something. And I, I, we sound like broken records, but to fulfill that second line center spot or just second line forward spot, um, the names that have been thrown out there that we know of that the Sabres have not traded him for, but have had the offers on the table uh, Nikolaj Ellers, um, Cody Glass from Vegas, uh, you know. Who is the other? I'm, I'm missing one other one, too. I mean, obviously, we know about Taylor Hall, but that's not with what I'm talking about now. More, more recent. Yeah. Uh, There's somebody there else who I'm blanking on. Ellers and someone else, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember the other guy. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Or Mason Appleton, one or the other of those younger guys from Winnipeg. But uh, we know this. This has been reported, and for whatever reason, it hasn't happened, and – with this coming off season, I mean, with, as far as Ristolainen goes, like obviously Ellers is the guy where like if you can make that move, then absolutely do it. But to me, the other guy who I have in mind is like a possibility. Um, and it's not so much that I guess I'm sold on this, but the idea of it intrigues me a lot. And it's Dylan Strome potentially from Colorado – or from Colorado, from Chicago, excuse me, uh, to make a move there as a guy that he has produced – um, you know, I, he's not like third overall, but he has definitely turned into a solid 50, 60 point guy. Um, you know, and if you put him with Skinner, maybe he becomes that permanently. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's interesting uh, to me. I don't know. I, I, I think that he might be somebody who's worth taking a chance on because he's, he did look good with Chicago last year and when he was healthy this year. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Anyways, though, so let's move on uh, to our other defensemen who are under contract and a guy who we had, who we just had brought in before uh, in this past offseason. Uh, two years left on his deal after this season, uh, Colin Miller. I, I like Colin Miller. Uh, I think he stays put. Same. He, he's had, for whatever reason, his name has been thrown around in trade conversations, and, you know, I understand that he's gotten benched a couple of times. Um, Definitely don't agree with it, given that uh, the guy who we're going to talk about next continue to play over him. Uh, but, yeah, I think Miller is a guy that's definitely worth keeping around. I mean, he's 27. He has shown that he could play, you know, when he's played in like a bottom four uh, pairing, he's extremely effective. So I think it's definitely worth, you know, having him stay put. But the guy who I mentioned before, uh, very divisive among Sabres Twitter also, just Sabres fans in general, but Jake McCabe. I, I mean, where, where are you at? What's his deal look like right now? He has two years left on his deal. Uh, annual cap at $2.85 million, and he becomes a UFA at the end of the uh, – actually, no, he only has one year left, actually, technically. He has two years left, including this current season. So next year is his last year, and then he becomes a UFA. So, like a lot of guys, I think it's uh, fine 
it, like if you want to trade him or if you have the right trade, like most guys, you can get traded. I wouldn't be, I guess, shopping him necessarily, but I, I also don't. I'm not super interested in resigning him. <laughs> that makes sense. So, yeah. I guess if you have the right trade, make it. But I don't see a, a compelling. And he's also an assistant captain. Um, I don't see a compelling reason to just trade him. To trade him. Yeah, I mean, I look at McCabe the same way that I look at Gergensen's, I guess, not in the fact that, obviously, Gergensen's is a UFA and McCabe has another year, but more so it's like these these are guys that have been here through the lowest of lows with this franchise, and when you are at a nine-year play, like a nine-year playoff drought, I mean, sometimes you just got to have, like, the full-on turnover and get guys out of here who have been around and who have been just constantly losing. Like, they have been a part of us constantly being bad and I know that McCabe you know there are some people who think that he has value as a third pair guy but to me it's just I don't know like he's not going to get deployed as that for one clearly and if there's any chance that you can get some kind of value in return for him um, you know I think it's a move you make no doubt I mean you know him wearing an A sucks but if that can help I guess pad his value a little bit more in a trade potentially I think you do it I just think with a lot of these guys if the argument for keeping them is like, well, you know, they're not bad in a limited role and it's not like we really, you know, have a lot of use for them. It's like, no, like I want, you know, you utilizing like your farm system and having younger guys compete for those bottom slots, not just having like Jake McCabe there, who's just kind of taking up space when you know what he is already. That's you fair. Know? I would rather have Will Borgen up, I guess, next year than have Jake McCabe on the team. That's, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so then let's get into uh, finally the two young guys who we have as RFAs who are eligible for extensions this coming off season. They have one year left each on their RFA deals. Uh, Henry Yokiharu and Rasmus Dahlin. Uh Both those guys pretty good. Uh, well, I mean, Dahlin, I think, is a no-brainer. Like, you're giving him eight years – you give him eight years off the bat and just get him locked up long-term. And I think Yoki Haru has shown you enough where you could feel comfortable with giving him a deal, too. Maybe not eight years, obviously, but if you get something in the ballpark of, like, a longer uh, – you know, you give him, like, four or five years or something like that where you still retain his RFA rights or you just go as far and just give him six. I don't know. Dahlin is the one I'm more yeah. concerned about, but where do they stand with you? Yeah, Dahlin is blank check, but – Yokiharu, I think, would be interesting for a three- or four-year deal. Like, he's not Darlene level good, and he's very young, but he showed a lot this year. And I I think, yeah, something in the range of, like, four years, 20 million, maybe? Yeah. Four years, 15 million? Or if he wants to do short, I mean, he could do that, too, like a British-type thing. Uh, yeah, so I am I think those are the Sabres' two best defensemen. So very, very concerned with making sure that they're both paid and, and back next year. Darlene especially, but I think – because, I mean, the big thing is I don't want to have to come up with a new podcast name. Oh, don't. It was really hard to come up with this one. It took forever. So, yeah, Delene, whatever he wants. <laughs> For the sake of our podcast, whatever he wants. Yeah, we, we can't have you leaving. All right, so, so then let's move on to the goalies here. This is a little bit of an interesting situation because we have Linus Allmark, who is an RFA right now, um, really hasn't shown that he's cut out to be a full-time NHL starter, but also he's, I don't know if he's at a point where you just cut him loose now, or you just, you know, don't try and make it work with him for another year or two. Um, whereas Carter Hutton, he has one year left on his deal after this season, uh, 2.75 million cap hit. 
Um, atrocious, though, this year. Just so bad. And I don't know. I think if there's a way that you can move on from Hutton somehow and then you go, as we have talked about before, and you know, bring back Allmark for another year or two and then go out and get one of the goalies out there that's maybe playing in a tandem situation right now in their respective franchise. Yes, I agree completely. I think Hutton, to me, this is the one guy I really think about buying out. And I know we could talk about earlier that Pagulas may, may not be interested in uh, buying people out this year. But I think Hutton, there's no real workaround there. Uh, he's a goalie, so you have to play him if, if, you, if he's on your team. Right, I think they right. should definitely be looking uh, like the Thatcher Demko kind of guy, maybe, someone like that. Uh, Olmark, if they want to bring Olmark back for one year and give him one more chance, maybe. I think he's mediocre, but yeah, he's not terrible. Uh, Hutton, I want no part of. Right. I completely agree. I guess it's it's going to be remained to see, you know, how this is all going to shake out and if Jason Botterill is the one making those decisions, and hopefully the answer is no. Yeah. We didn't talk about Sabatka, did we? We didn't, actually. Yeah, between – well, we have the, his contract is up at the end of this year, along with Matt Hunwick's contract, and actually also Tage Thompson is an RFA as well. Well, Hunwick's gone, uh, I think, 100%. Yeah. Sabak is also 100% gone. Yeah. Tage, do you bring him back on a two-way? If he signs it, yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, he's only 22, so you have a lot of you have some years left with him. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. If he signs a two-way, I'd, I'd that's what I'd like to see. I don't, I'm not convinced he's an NHL player yet. So right. Well, and the other thing too, I believe, isn't Casey Middlesat also an RFA at the end of this year? So who? <laughs> so how about trivia? <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Hey, actually, you know what? Before we get to trivia, why don't we take a quick second and hear a message from our sponsor, Manscaped. So this episode is sponsored by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Brendan, in these quarantine times, it's easy to overlook some basic grooming. Showers are less frequent. Deodorant becomes optional. Your man parts, well, be honest, it's sort of a mess down there right now. Maybe it's time to start cleaning it up. If you're like me, it can be tough to keep a steady hand working with a razor in such a sensitive reason. It's dangerous. It's a dangerous game. That's why Manscapes redesigned the electric trimmer. They spent the past 18 months. That's, that's like the entire time Phil Housley was a Sabres coach. You guys are getting to know us right now. Perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, they say. Yeah. And just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0. They sent it to me, and wow, it's incredible. I mean, it features cutting-edge ceramic blades to prevent manscaping accidents, which... We all hate those. No more cuts or nicks. It's easy to use. It's safe. It's so much faster and easier uh, and safer than standard razor. So get the job done quicker, better, and safer. Uh, one of the coolest things, there's an LED light that illuminates the grooming area for a closer and more precise trimming. That can be helpful. Showers can be dark. Uh, battery lasts 90 minutes. And there's a USB-powered charging dock included. So the thing is with this, too, the product's brand new. Almost no one's used it so far. And I want, you know, all you listeners to be among the first, if you're into that, and also if you're a man, I guess. Not all listeners, I suppose. Go to manscaped.com, type in the code THPN to get 20% off and free shipping. That's promo code THPN at manscaped.com. Your little friends will thank you. All right, so we've been talking about the Sabres recently, you know, on this podcast because Once it's a Sabres podcast. Yeah, Jesus. I don't know why I don't know why a transition like that. That was dumb. Anyway, 
the uh, been watching some old games on MSG recently. I don't know if you heard about this. The Sabres were in the Stanley Cup in 1999. They were really good. Fortunately, they lost to the Dallas Stars. And the uh, Conn Smythe winner as the playoff MVP that year was not Dominic Kashuk, which it should have been. It was. Are you asking me? Joe Newendike is the answer. Oh, okay, yes. Joe Newendike, of course. So, the Sabres played in the last Stanley Cup of the 90s. So in the 2000s, the, all the Stanley Cups we've had since then, who have been the Conn Smythe winners? Oh, boy. Uh, are you going to give me teams for each year? <laughs> well, let's see what we can get at first. Let's start with 2000. Oh, God. Um... Was that the Avalanche? Did they win that year? No. Oh, God. Was it the Devils? It was. Um, Scott Stevens. That's correct. There we go. Five-year-old Scott Stevens. Anyway, 2001. So this is Colorado. Correct. Was it... Hmm. Was it Joe Sackick? No, it was Patrick Waugh. I was, you know what? He was going to be the other one. I was going to guess. The Damn. only man with three consmites. Um. So the next year, two thousand two. Two thousand and two. Who the hell was he? Who was the? What cup was this? Was this the Devils again? No, it's a pretty famous team. Oh wait, the Red Wings. Yeah. Uh, Nick Lidstrom. Correct, yeah. Nick Lidstrom. All right, 2003. Jean-Sebastien Giguere. That's correct. 945 save percentage. All right, 2004. 2004... This is the Red Wings, right? No. No. Oh. Damn, who won the 2004 Cup? Um, do I get any kind of hints? Well. I'm totally blanking on uh, the yeah. Cup. The, I'll give you a hint. The Stanley Cup was nearly won or should have been won by the team that didn't win on a Martin Golinas uh, goal that did not count. The refs didn't oh, see wait. it. Oh, wait. You know what? I do know this. This is Tampa Bay. Or no. Yeah. Yeah, Tampa Bay yeah. this year. So then that means that it would have been Brad Richards? Yes. 26 there. points. There we go. All right. There's no cup the next year. Of course. Yeah, because of the lockout. So then 06. Cam Ward. Yeah. That's all nope. that needs to be said about that one. Nothing else to say. 2007. 2007. Is this Scott Niedermeyer? It is, yes. Boom. That's right. All right, 2008. 2008. Is this Pittsburgh? No. 
who the heck wins it in 2008? Uh, oh, wait. Isn't Edmonton in this? No. No, they're the year before. They're before. Uh, oh, the, the Hawks. No. Damn. Who the hell was in 2008? Um... Ooh, this is tough. Is it Detroit? It is, yeah. It is. Okay. Uh oh yeah, because then next year is Pittsburgh. Um Henrik Zetterberg. That is correct. Thirteen Whoa. goals, fourteen assists, twenty-seven points. Two thousand nine. Evgeny Malkin. That's correct. 36 points. Dude, I'm killing this. All right, here we go. 14 goals, 22 assists. 2010. This is Chicago. Yes. And it is, who would this be? Because then Kane, I think, won, wins the consmite the second time around. Is it Duncan Keith? No, Jonathan Taze. Jonathan Taze. Ah, oh, damn. All right, 2011. Overthought that one. Uh, this is the Kings? No. No. Um, what was this? Wait, is it Pittsburgh again? No. Who the hell is 2011? Can I get a hint? Um, he didn't visit the White House. Oh, it's Boston. Oh, and it's it's Tim Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. That's Good all guy. I can say about that one. Yeah. Uh, 2012. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the Kings then? It is. And it would be Jonathan Quick, right? 946 save percentage. There we go. 2013. The Blackhawks again. Mm -hmm. And this is Patrick Kane. That's correct. Okay. 2014. This is the Kings again. Yes. And Anze Kopitar? No, it's Mr. Game 7. Justin Williams. Oh, wow. Damn. All right, that's a tough one. That's a tough L. Yeah, he was good, 25 points. Yeah. All right, 2015. 2015, this would be – who the heck wins it this year? Um... Isn't this – wait, is this the year New Jersey randomly gets in? No, it was 2012. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Uh, who the heck is 2015? It's not Pittsburgh again, is it? No. Um, is it Chicago? That's correct. It is Chicago. And is this one Duncan Keith? 
It is. 21 points in the defense has been in the playoffs. All right, 2016. So then this is Pittsburgh. It is Pittsburgh. It is Pittsburgh. And is it Crosby? It is. There we go. 2017. Pittsburgh again. Yes. It wasn't Phil Kessel, but it should have been. Right? Or am I You're thinking of twenty sixteen should have been Phil Kessel. Oh, okay. So then is this one Malkin again? No, it's Crosby. Oh, it is Crosby again. Okay. Yep. All right. Twenty eighteen. Uh Ovechkin. That's correct. Fifteen goals in the playoffs. There we go. All right, and 2019. It actually this so the interesting thing about 2019 is that it actually never happened. Oh, that is interesting, huh? Yeah, there's actually nobody. That? Nobody ended up winning the Stanley Cup this year, and definitely nobody won the Conn Smythe. Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, no one won the Selkie either. Nope, definitely not. Yeah, very interesting. Huh? Well, I did pretty solid. So how many did I miss then altogether? I think only three. That's Three or four, I don't know. I wasn't paying attention too much on that. Yeah, good stuff. Well, anyway, we'll be back, with, you know, next week with some more stuff. Our regular season finale, we'll, we'll call it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been a great episode. We hope everybody is uh, hanging in there and, and enjoying this beautiful weather we're having on uh, Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy your days off as you're, you're giving us a listen today. So thank you all very much. Uh, Taylor, any last thoughts? Uh, go Bills. Go Bills. All right. Time for our random Sabres player of the episode, which we will share with you all now in three, two, one. Ryan O'Reilly. O'Reilly.